Buongiorno Bianconeri, welcome back to the All UV Cast channel. We are going to recap the 2-0 victory over Spezia. I've got a packed house today with uh, Anthony Skanga. I just noticed that now. Very, very nice, Lou. So Lou coming back after a while. We got Lucci in the house again and Omar. Let's all say what's up to Omar. Yesterday I was a little shy on his introduction, okay, and uh, he made me feel bad about it. So let's make sure we uh, give a nice warm welcome to Did all I? the lads today. There Did we go. I? There we go. We're going to get some housekeeping out of the way real quick, and that is if you're tuning into this on your audio outlets, get over to YouTube, okay? Subscribe to the channel. That's where you get all the extra content, uh, match day lives, watch alongs, all that, all right? So make sure you get over there and subscribe. We're going to say what's up real quick to everyone in the chat and see uh, if maybe they set the tone for today's discussion. So Bob Yokes, as always, ciao, AGC, Forza, Juventus, ciao, Bobby. Lucci dropping in comments before he even gets onto the panel. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Michael Razzo, Forza UA, three points and another clean sheet. What's there to not be happy about? Well, maybe uh, we find something. We'll see. We'll see. Ciao, Vito. Ciao, ciao. Luca, telling Lucci what to do. Come on. Slap nuts. Let's go. Let's go. All right. We're going to start this game. I'm going to be quite honest. I think. Everybody knows the first half was played at like a snail's pace. Okay. So we're going to do our best to, I can probably cover all the highlights. I could probably cover the whole game in a recap in our standard time and still get to all our storm, the barn and all our outside topics, but we're not going to do that. We're going to just quickly touch on starting lineups, our thoughts on it going into the game. And then uh, I'll quickly do uh, highlights and then we'll get to all the good stuff. So real quick starting lineup. Uh, I think we all had the exact same concerns, okay? But we had Perin in goal. You had Danilo, Rugani, Sandro. You had uh, Quadrado, Paredes, Locatelli, Rabio, Kostic with Vlaovic and Keane up top. The way we've been playing, you've now got two strikers up there. So obviously creation was going to fall heavily and rely heavily on the midfielders. And then you have a midfield of Paredes, Locatelli and Rabio. So for me, I was like, that was the glaring thing is where are we going to be creating goals? Omar said it in the match day live, get ready for cross after cross after cross. And that was what we were set up to do. But uh, yeah, for me, that uh, that midfield, I almost had an aneurysm just looking at it. But what uh, were your guys' thoughts on that starting lineup? Uh, obviously, Omar was with me on the match day live. So let's get Lou to kick us off on his thoughts, and then we'll get Lucci's. Uh, ugly. Uh, I looked at that lineup, and I thought, maybe I should do something else with my Sunday morning. Uh, but no, I'm kidding. But uh, obviously, the big glaring one is you just hate to see Paredes in the starting XI at all. Um, it makes me a little bit of a hypocrite because I used to like Paredes, but after the season, not much good to say about them. But he had to play because Fajuli was hurt. Um, yeah, it's just the eye was on Nance for Thursday. That's mm. that's where it was. Yeah, yeah, I think that's essentially what it was. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, Lucci. Yeah, I think Lou's pretty accurate. I would have liked to see some of the the youngsters like Sule or 
Ilan get a start in this one, especially just for some creativity because like that midfield was awful anyway. But um, now we're gonna miss Locatelli for the next match, which who knows that's gonna be an ugly one against the Derby. In the, in the Derby, yeah, exactly. Derby so de la Mola, yeah, it's another Paredes masterclass next yeah. week. Oh, yeah, man. I'm not getting my hopes up on that. <laughs> he, he really did exceed expectations, didn't he? Paredes. In, like the bad, yeah. the bad way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't expect him to be this bad. I thought, <laughs> yeah, well, Roma, Paris Saint-Germain, he might have something. I just don't like him, but he's just lights I, out. I One just, of the worst. I just I just thought that Paredes would give us that little bit of that SOB that Juventus Yes, has yeah. We saw it once against Tonali when he just bolted just, at him, but that was it. Like, if, and, yeah, if, but if he could just do what he did with the Dutch every game, like where he kicks the ball into the stands, like he'd be okay in my book. Like that's, if he that's could it. just run <laughs> to be an asshole to other players uh, <laughs> on the opposition, it would be great. There but was, uh, again, uh, this pace today uh, or yesterday in that game uh, suited Paredes because the first half was a snail's pace. He didn't so have to move. Probably a good thing for us. We're kidding. We all had the same concerns. Um, up top with both strikers, uh, when you got Vlaovic and Keane, this was one of the things that was talked about too, is it's a lot different than when Milik is partnering up with another striker because he can very much get involved in build-up mm -hmm. and uh, creation and helping out there. With Keane and Vlaovic, they are way too similar. Okay, And they actually struggle uh, with similar issues, which is the hold-up play and everything. So... Um, that was kind of one of the things to look out for. And in the first half, uh, yeah, it very much was highlighted. But we'll get to the highlights here. 25th minute. That's right, 25th minute for an opportunity for Juve. And it was a, a header from Danilo that, honestly, I would have expected him to at least put on target, but it goes wide. Six minutes later, Kostic coming up the left side, crossing it in. You know what's coming. Ampadu just couldn't get to it. And uh, Keane... Takes a swipe at it. Doesn't get all of it, but he gets enough of it to get it in. So 1-0 for Juve. 39th uh, minute, and Spezia carves Juve up pretty good at the back there. Gets it to a back post cross uh, the header. Unfortunately, or fortunately for us, goes straight at Pedin. Giazzi was uh, lingering around there. Thought uh, he was pretty pissed off at himself for not getting to it, but he would have probably been offside on that. That, honestly, everybody... Wraps up the first half for highlights. Like, that's it. So we're going to go around the horn and get everybody's thoughts at a halftime. And uh, we can kick this one off with uh, Omar. Go ahead, man. Well, you forgot the yellow after 20 seconds to look at To look at Delhi? <laughs> yeah, that was a highlight. And oh, my was, God. That was pretty harsh, actually. I think the referee... I mean, first foul, it wasn't anything, like, seriously dangerous. I don't know. He did anyway. set the tone, though, and to be fair, he was consistent, like, the rest of the game. Like, I don't think the ref was a talking point at all. It was very, no. very shocking to see, like, a fucking first-minute yellow card. But we had that a very early one in the last one, too, and I think it was yeah, Rabio. Rabio. But yeah. that, was, that, I felt, was, like, justified. Rabio's tackle was reckless and from behind. and just The funny thing is, is that I think Rabio's, like, I thought was harsh. And uh, Loka's, I thought, was... I always think it's harsh in the first minute if it's not, like, clear-cut, like, yes, you have to card him. I always, I will always say it's harsh. 
Yeah, it sucks getting a yellow for your first foul. Uh, whenever it happens, it did the same to Fajoli later on. But like you said, not much. To be honest, I gave up at halftime. I didn't stop watching the match, but I turned my PlayStation on and put it on the iPad and kind of did both. That first half was one of the worst attacking displays I've ever seen from Juve. I, I mean, seriously, I tweeted about it. I know I sound like I'm always complaining, but that was really horrible. It wasn't surprising, though. No, and it like said, no. As the half wore on, you could see, like, Keen and Vlaovic don't compliment another. No. And then the creation was not there. And I think one of the things that surprised me was I was expecting Locatelli to be as a Mitsala and actually push forward, which might make sense to try and help create. Whatever, but it wasn't. He was still kept at the heart, above the D, and Paredes was, well, at the start, he got forward. But then he never did it again. And then he seemed to just congest things with uh, Locatelli. And then Rabio was the only one going forward. So it was a little bit of a mess, uh, like a mess there for me in terms of the midfield and everything. But uh, Lucci, we'll get Lou uh, thoughts at the half. Yeah, I think Omer nailed it perfectly. But what do you expect when your three midfielders are not creative, creative ones? You need That's why you need someone like Sule in there to, to get in and get some creativity going going forward. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sold on that Keen Vlaovic partnership up top. They had no, couldn't make a pass, couldn't couldn't take a pass. They, it was, yeah. Man, I'd rather watch Anthony play uh, Sunday League than than watch those two. Make <laughs> Nobody a pass. wants to see that. Uh, Lou, I'm gonna ask you a question while we get to your first half recap. At half, was there any changes you would have made? Did you were you thinking to yourself like I would probably do this right now? Uh, well, Allegra ended up did making this, but Fajoli was one of them. I thought that that was, uh, we really missed him in the midfield. Moretti even too, like if he had been fit, would have been perfect for this because both Fajoli and Moretti, they, Rabio occasionally does this, but they consistently make runs into the box, right? They get wide, they get with, you know, like that's what really opens things up for Juventus. When they're on the pitch, they create a lot because they'll actually make runs and, you know, get wide and whip crosses in. Whereas a lot of our other midfielders, Paredes does nothing. That's not really Locatelli's game. Um, so we really missed that. And I also kind of thought that Sule would come on. I and mean, Di Maria did eventually come on, but mm -hmm. in the build-up to the match. So that would have been my other um, substitution. As far as the half goes, and like you guys said, like just dismal. No creativity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought that they, they – the, the plan was to get some width with Kostic and Quadrado, and then the plan was just thrown out the window very, very early. Um, yeah. And front two, like you guys highlighted, just didn't gel. There mm -hmm. were sequences where we were trying to stretch them out and go over the top, which looked good. It was like, okay, that's a little bit better when you get Vlaovic and Keane going north-south, and it's like, okay, yeah. that can play to their strengths a little bit better, right? But we only did it a couple times. So for me at half, I was thinking, you know what? Switch it up. Kostic, I thought, was good. So I was like, I wouldn't move Kostic, but I would definitely look to get Illing or Sule involved and probably sacrifice one of your strikers. The need for two strikers in that game wasn't necessary, and you could see it in the first half. So outside of that, I would have probably made that change. In the midfield, yeah, yeah I agree. Like, make a change because they're, they were way too one-dimensional. Uh, for there sure. Were, so there were small know. instances in the in the half that you know frustrated me, like Kostic and Paredes bumping into each yeah. other. Yeah, 
you know, yeah. Yeah, they, then like a yeah. minute after Quadrado throws the throw in back <laughs> out for a throw into the other team. I mean, it's stuff like that that make it seem like the team is just, their head is not in the, the game. Quadrado throw was amazing. <laughs> he was a he was a disaster yesterday. He was on the yeah. floor every two minutes. Yeah, and the referee up. wasn't buying it. I okay. he didn't get one call. So did you, did you we, get, we get halftime substitution. So you get um, Fajoli coming in for Paredes. Um, thank you, at least for that. Uh, Deshilio coming in for Quadrado. Is Deshilio preferred to Quadrado for you guys? Honestly, yes. Yeah. I've asked you Stop this uh, at the end of the Stop game. <laughs> I think Quadrado is worse than Deshilio. And not because Deshilio got better, just Quadrado got miles worse than what i'm not was. there yet brother i'm not yet that's like, that's like i don't know between, uh, uh this season that's like picking between a cyanide capsule and a handgun like you just yeah uh, you know like you're losing which, which is which who's the who's the handgun uh, <laughs> i i think the shield is still the handgun for now you think? Yeah, I think Quad still Lucci. Uh, no, I'm I'm with Omar on this one. I can't really? stand to watch one. We're split no. on this. Let's see what the live says. Deshilio or Quad here? That's uh, that's that's funny. We'll see where it uh, lands uh, towards the end of the show. So we'll continue on with uh, some highlights here. We talked about the two changes. Uh, Lord Deshilio coming on, and then of course uh, Fajoli. Forty seventh minute. So a couple minutes right into the second half. Let's see if we can get after this and get some insurance. Header opportunity for uh, Moise Keen, and he goes wide with this thing. That one's got to be at at the least on target. Mm-hmm. Open header alone. Great cross in by Sandro, by the way. Um, but, yeah, Keen can't make it count. 52nd minute. Uh, Rezia for um, he Spezia was Quadrado. actually had a game for himself on the left flank for Spezia. He was all over the place. Physical guy and uh, good crossing too. But anyways, he crosses one in back post. The clearance from Locatelli actually deflects off Danilo and falls for Shamrugov, who I thought was going to just drill this thing into the back of our goal. Luckily, Danilo recovered and blocked it. That was a good uh, chance for uh, Spezia. 65th minute, Danilo. Finding Di Maria, and once Di Maria entered the game again, you talk about creation, you talk about, you know, then all of a sudden, things change, and you have this hope, like, okay, through Di Maria again, and in in Di Maria we trust, okay, because that was pretty much it for us. Danilo finding him with a pass, the second, the second he turns around, you know what he's doing. It's so decisive, and it's so different than all our other players, and, you know, this... Could paint a picture for Juve, and we'll talk about it more. But the second he turns around, you know what he's doing. He takes one touch, and he fires this thing right across to the back post, and it's in, and there's your 2-0, there's your insurance. Um, Fantastic stuff from Di Maria. We will talk more about Di Maria there. But, guys, this move highlighted something else for me. And this game, we've noticed it other games, but this game especially, the lack of decisiveness from so many of our players in the final third. And then when you get players of quality, it's so much different. And, you know, you see other guys get in the final third, their steps become smaller. You could see the, you can almost see the smoke coming out of their ears because they're trying to think about what the hell they're going to do. And then with Di Maria, it's like, boom, he knows instantly. He knows instantly what's going to do. And, 
I don't know. People are putting that down to the coaching and these guys aren't confident. They, they don't have confidence, so they don't know what they're going to do in the final third. There's no organization. Everybody's got their theory on it, but one thing's for sure in the final third outside of like Di Maria, these guys lack decisiveness. I'd say the, some other guys that are close to it, Sule's actually fairly close. He's pretty decisive when he's in that final third, but Outside of that, like even sometimes our strikers, you could see a little bit of a uh, lack of uh, decisiveness in them. But what are you guys' thoughts, sir? I throw, I throw Fajoli into the decisive. I was going to say that as well. Fajoli's like very, very calm on the ball. He, he, like, like Juventus. Oftentimes, when you watch them, especially in the buildup, they make these passes where it's like they're just like they just have to get rid of it, right? It's like the faster, faster I can get rid of it, like I just have to get rid of it. And we see someone like Fajoli. It's just like an easy touch. It's like, you know, one touch pass to the guy that's right next to him, moving the space, you know, turn on the heel, just very calm. Um, which you're talking about the size of this. Allegri talked about this a lot. And he, and he one of two, obviously. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, he was talking about his uh, press conferences and he was saying that Juventus need more tranquil when they're on the ball, was the word that he used. And he was describing how Di Maria, when he's on the ball, just, seems so relaxed. The game just looks so fun to him, right? And I do think there is an element of that with Juventus. There's a lot of mental aspect in these players where it's like they look kind of afraid. You can see it in games when they like the pressure starts to come on, they start to panic a little bit. Um, I think part of that's down to coaching, but I think also part of that is down to the players and the mentality that they have. Yeah. You know, I we compare about this all the time, but in our glory years, people like Kadir or Mandzukic, you know, these guys, you know, Vidal, Pirlo, these guys, great champions, right? And what they could do and that cutting edge they have. I think that some of our players lack that mentality. I agree, Lou, but I also think that comes down to experience and being around the game a little longer. Like Vlaovic is what, 22, 20, mm -hmm. something like that. Like maybe he needs this year to, to see what Di Maria is doing, how he does it to get that kind of those ideas, those, the, the plan in his mind that he needs to be more decisive because yesterday, like, let's be serious. Yesterday he wasn't good. And that Spezia team, he had a bad team, showing. he bad should showing. be dominating that back line. Like I know Keen was his partner and that didn't help him so much, but he needs to be better. Like even that pass where was, they were coming down two on one, where he had Di Maria wide open. That was very, very yeah. ugly. So we just, Maybe he needs more time. I don't know. Hey, hey, you can only easy, blame the coach for so much. Spoilers for the highlights, man. We don't have much to talk Wait, about. Sorry. Take it easy. Sorry, man. Wait, I, easy. I'll throw in even, even Milik into that mix. But besides those guys, it kind of feels, yeah, like hot potato. You get the ball and just move it to whoever's available, even if he's in the back. And there is, like, something common between all these guys. Di Maria, that's the type of player he is with experience and mm -hmm. the teams he played for. The guys who came through the youth team and haven't been coached by Allegri because the, the next-gen team and the U23 play a completely different style of play than what Allegri plays. So they seem more comfortable, and Sule is better when he has guys. like He seemed better when Miretti and Fajoli were with him because then he knew what they were going to do. Uh, and it, some of our guys just... They, they don't know what to do. They don't know who's running where and how to build an attack. That's bad. This is a great comment from Aldo because it's spot on. The off-the-ball yeah. movement is not good enough. 
The first goal came about. Paredes made an unobvious run into space, and then that opened up more space for Kostic on the side, who then he played it to to make that cross in. But off-the-ball movement. So even when we talk about these guys outside of guys like Kiesa, who are he's not scared to take guys on, and he will do it. Di Maria, the same goes for him. And outside of those guys, and even when those guys have the ball, you watch the other players, they're standing. They're standing and watching. Yeah most of the time and it's just yeah. like okay now the ball's with them and whatever but the off the ball movement it's got to be much much better to help those guys give them options and just help create and put teams under yesterday i can't stress this enough spezia's back line was makeshift you had mm-hmm. ampadu playing as a center back for christ's sake like and Did- vlaovic i expect vlaovic I don't care if he's just come back or whatever. He's got to take advantage of the matchups mm-hmm. yesterday. But I'd like to I'd like to throw it on what we're saying about the the next gen. We uh, posted a great interview with uh, Samuel Engling Jr. on last Thursday. It's on the uh, All Uvicast Twitter page. You can find the quotes and everything. The Athletic and he was talking about what the next gen does really well, which is these in Syria C you don't get a ton of chances, right? You like, you only get five, six, seven chances. So whatever, you know, the passes you make the play in the final third, you have to make more runs. You have to, you know, be a little bit more clean. You're playing under pressure, right? I think some of the next gen players, like these guys, like, like Fajoli, for instance, who was in Syria B last year, where you have to, you know, like be calm on the ball because you're playing under pressure every week. Cause you're trying to, you know, fight for promotion, but you're also trying not to get relegated and, that table is just all sorts of madness. There's 10 teams that could be promoted every year, like on that list. So, you know, I think that there's a, there's experience there with some of those young guys, right? They understand it just a little bit more. Some of these older guys, they've kind of got stuck in these ways, right? Where it's like maybe they weren't defined or maybe they were stuck in a mid-table team, you know, for their first couple of years of development. And they're just comfortable. There's just yeah. a lot too much comfort. There's no urgency, right? Yeah. And I, I want to allude to what Aldo said. Uh, we've talked about it before. I mean, I've said it here before. You move the ball, not solely to move the ball. You move the ball in order to move the other team and create spaces. But when you back pass all the time and the second you get stuck, you go back to the defenders, it's really easy for the defending team to just stay in positions, cover the center, cover the flanks. And if you don't draw them out or praying someone beats his uh, defender one-on-one, then you're going to get stuck and eventually lose the ball. That's what happens most of the time. You don't know how to exploit uh, dead spaces in the match and how to create them for most of the time, especially not with uh, Paredes, Ravio, Lucatelli midfield. The midfield yesterday, there was massive, massive gaps between them and our forward line, and there was a very little support. I saw that way too much. It was just... You know, Vlaovic, Keane, doing whatever they can to survive. And that's asking a lot for them in terms of possession to try and do that. And it wasn't happening. And our mid was just back there with the back line. And I don't know, all of a sudden, like, later on when we're going for that second goal, what all of a sudden then we picked it up and whatnot. It's like all about this balance thing for Juventus. But when I hear Max say things like, uh, we need to be more tranquil and more calm and whatever, I'm like, Jesus Christ, any more calm and we'd be sleeping, literally sleeping on the pitch. Like, I, I didn't pick it up a little bit. But in terms of on the ball, 
Sure. Yeah. I get it. That's what I, think, I, what I think he meant in that quote. That's how I interpret it at least. But maybe, I don't know, but Max, like you never really know. <laughs> you, you really, you really, really don't. But <laughs> we'll we'll get more into all that uh, after. So we got the Di Maria, the second goal. Spoke a bit about uh, decisiveness of players and whatnot. 71st minute. This was well worked from Spezia, okay? Um, nice little sequence that finds them uh, carve us up and end up down the right flank with uh, Amian coming in there and then crossing this in for Jaycee. And Jesus, what a stop by Pedin. This was a huge save. If that goes in and all of a sudden it's 2-1, Juve's in for a hell of a final 19 minutes yep. to this game. So Pedin making a huge stop. Ten minutes later, he's forced to make another save off a header on a corner kick uh, from uh, Nicolau. Stops at 84th minute. We have the two-on-one Lucci spoke about with Vlaovic. He's got Di Maria trailing him. Nicolau took a look over his left shoulder, saw Di Maria was there, stopped, and Vlaovic put it essentially right into him and then just takes a wild shot um, just running onto that. Even the presence of mine in the 84th minute to just, hey, I'm not going to just rip this thing out of there, hold on to it. Try to see if he could swing it back and find Di Maria, who still has a ton of space over there. Regardless, um, that's a situation. These are little situations like that. Like, there's your third goal. You know what I mean? Like, you find Di Maria there, I'd be hard-pressed to think he doesn't put that one in the back of the net, right? So little things like that. You see a lot of opportunities like that. We're, We're constantly, like, losing our minds over passing, just simple passing plays that need to be executed that take away great scoring opportunities for us. So while we're sitting here talking about, you know, a team that doesn't score a lot like Juventus and everybody's losing it over, you know, Oh, our style of play, like we're so defensive. We're so sit back. There's a lot of opportunities like that, that take place in a game, maybe not as clear cut as that, but a lot of opportunities where we take away scoring opportunities from ourselves. Right. But uh, Lou, you want to touch on no, this? I would just say I agree hundred percent with it. I think that uh, Nance is a great example of that. The, yep. That match, you know, yeah, it was poor that we conceded the way that we did, but there were times at the end of that match where you thought Juventus could have got a second one. Yep. You know, we were talking about in the chat when Locatelli makes that, that error pass, the Quadrado, the one that everyone blamed Juan for throwing him off on, um, you know, <laughs> Where it's like, it's just like, it's a simple, like like the Vavish thing. It's a simple pass to a, a player making a run down the right side. You know, it's just, it's right there. You just have to execute. Some of these players, they just, they can't execute that for whatever reason, whether it's pressure, whether it's mental, you know, it's not like he had played the full 90 minutes. And Locatelli's been great this year. That's why I use him as an example. You know, because he's but oh, it, it just, it's little things like that. Good to go. Yeah, How did I break up. No, uh, yeah, it's just little that. keep going, Lou. Oh, yeah, it's just it's little things like that where it's like you know where it's just simple passes where if you play the yeah. maybe you get that one place the ball um the box and you get a goal right. So you know it's just the little things. Yeah, little things. That's really like I said. There's a lot of those opportunities through matches that maybe we're talking about things a little differently if these guys start executing a little bit more, right? So it's one of the things why on the past couple of shows I've been saying, you know, as much as we can have frustrations with Max and see things a certain way, at the end of the day, 
it's the players that are the ones out there on the pitch and they got to find a way and they got to get the job done. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We got the two nil win. Okay. This one had to be a win, but in a overall sense of us going into the game against Nance and we'll get to this a little bit later on. I don't know if it really did a whole bunch for Juve. You know what I mean? In terms of uh, giving a boost, giving a shot of uh, an injection of confidence and everything like that. This was a game that just literally it's, it's a two nil win. It's a clean sheet, which is great, but I don't think it really does anything for this team moving forward. And as far as lineup goes, you didn't really gain anything on lineup as far as something you can move forward with him, in, in my opinion. Uh, Omar? Yeah, we did get to rest some of the guys a bit. Bremer finally got a day off. Uh, Fajoli played only one half. Um, the rest, I don't know, Bonucci with a few minutes. Uh, well, we'll get the men of the match and stuff soon, but overall, yeah, pretty redundant trip to Spezia. Yeah. So... I, I want to say that, so, number one, hey. Oh, come on. I was just about to do have that. Have some patience. Relax. <laughs> it's first thing in the morning, at least here. It's like 6 a.m. my time. Have some patience. Man of the Match, brought to you by Striped Hearts Apparel. If you haven't checked out the merch, check it out on our merch store. It's one way to show some love for the channel. If you choose sport, I got the Principino. Uh, Lucci's got the ADP, uh, ADP 10 there. He's my man of the match, to be honest. I was going to name Rugani as uh, my man of the match because I thought he had a clean, clean game. And he didn't put a foot wrong that entire match. So uh, for me, I was actually going to give it to Rugani. I had two others that I would uh, put in the mix. But I thought, man, this guy doesn't get it very often whatsoever. So I'm going to give it to uh, Rugani. Pedin shouts... Yes, big, big save there. But was it enough work to be man of the match? What do you guys think? Let's get all your man of the match. We'll start with Lucci here. Yeah, I'm giving it to Perrin. All right. So he got enough work for Lucci. Get man of the match. I mean, there you go. that one save goes in, it could be a completely different completely different game, Second ending that second half. No, all it's right. not only that. It's not only that. I agree with Lucci. Uh, I would also give it to Rugani. I mean, they were kind of both instrumental for this win and keeping the clean sheet. Uh, Perrin is just the way he communicates with his defense, and he seems always alert. And maybe the fact that he's rather short for a goalkeeper, he, get, he gets down to the ground faster than yeah. Chesney, so he doesn't get bit, get beat easily. Chesney at times doesn't seem too comfortable, and but we'll get to Perrin. Tech also makes later. me nervous when he has the ball at his feet. I'm a little more comfortable yeah. with Perrin making a yeah, pass but, out for some reason. I don't know why, but just because. So we got we'll get to that we got the majority being Perrin here. We got and a little shout for Alexandro, who was solid. Uh, another one for Rugani. Um, Di Maria getting a shout. Lou, who's your man of the match? Uh, we found Alexandro's level. It's Spezia. So he was my man of the match. Really, Lou? Really? Actually, he actually had a. I thought he had a solid game. Had, Interesting. Uh, well, Jesus, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we got to Sandra because we should talk about this. But I don't know if you guys have noticed in the past two games, he's been very, very active in terms of where he's moving, not yep. just wide out on the flank, but also centrally, and it's allowing 
some of our guys that should be pulling the strings like Locatelli. Uh, yesterday, it ended up being Paredes quite often, but it allows them to sneak out and find a little bit of space, right? So when teams try to clamp down our Regista-type players, whatever, Sandro moving in there actually gets them out of there. And then maybe they could find some. So yesterday, for the most part, we didn't see enough of a benefit from him doing that, but you could see what he's trying to allow to happen. And there were a couple instances anyways, where we actually were able to uh, break the lines of Spezia from doing it. So it's very, very interesting, but Sandro's put in two very good shifts. these past a uh, couple games. So if he can keep it going, Guys, everybody pray, do whatever you got to do, but hopefully you can keep no, it going. No, he, he no, had a throwing out Sandro nice. for man of the match. That's something I didn't think. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. Wasn't expecting that no. either. So there you go. There's your shouts for uh, man of the match. Pedin. We got to talk that about this because it just always, <laughs> every time Pedin comes in for a game, you get the talks. And we're at Pedin over Chesney for starting role. Who wants to kick us off on pitting over Chesney? I know Omar uh, sent me a photo. I like this. The first thing I wake up to is a message from Omar. <laughs> it's just this stat <laughs> from Chesney comparing him to uh, Pitting here. So, Omar, uh, have the honors and kick us off on this thing. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm nurturing a rivalry with Anthony. <laughs> so, it's kind of in the works. Uh, it's still relatively fresh, but... I'm working on it, so expect a lot of heat in the next few episodes. Um, I honestly think Perrin is better and safer. He seems to have grown in confidence much more than the, his last stint with Juve. Uh, he seems to be communicating better with everyone. He, I, I just feel more confident now. I know he plays, and Anthony might say, yeah, but he plays against all the smaller teams, but he did have a good showing when Tech was injured in the beginning of the season. And, I mean, Dushan is scoring only against smaller teams. So, why is that a stat to his benefit? And Perrin keeping a clean sheet against small teams is not to his credit. I think he's just a better goalkeeper. He can get better. Chesney is not bad. Just, I don't know. I feel safer with Perrin. Like, how are you guys feeling? I've uh, said it a million times. I think we have two number ones now. No, I look, I agree. I don't have a problem with one uh, or the other. My thing Allegra was earlier in the season, when Penin steps in and things start turning around, for me, if you have two guys that can both be number one, it's like, you know, Anthony's big thing was a starting goalie doesn't lose their job because of injury. But for me, I saw it in a manner that if all of a sudden things turn around and the team picks up and has a boost or whatever, and that guy's in, I don't care that you, you know, if you might have your feelings hurt because you lost a job due to injury, but you keep rolling that way. That, that was my thing. But if I'm looking at these guys, comparing them to, I, I think it's pretty damn close. You guys, like, I think we're splitting hairs to be honest, but, uh, the numbers are a little interesting, though, when you start to look at the uh, both keepers. They are a little interesting if you start pulling up that stat reel there, Omar. But uh, that's just how I feel. Lucci, Lou, you guys, how are you feeling about the two goalies? Yeah, well, you're also comparing different stat samples, right? Perrine hasn't played nearly as much 
and I think they do, they kind of excel at different things. Perrine is um, obviously smaller than Tech, and Tech is the better PK stopper, I guess. But you got Perrine, I, I just more, his reflexes are better. He, he gets down quickly. And even if, even if he is under six feet, he's, he manages to get up there. He, he climbs the ladder, no problem. So I don't know. I'm, I'm on the Perrine train with, with Omer, to be honest. And, and see, I see some of the comments here selling tech in the summer. I mean, yeah, I probably would have did it last summer, to be honest, but better late than never. It's, just, it's, not, it's not the Perrine train. It's the Ante Anthony. No, I need it. God, I like Perrine. You guys are making me say bad things about it. But Lucas' comment right there, it says, stats don't lie. It's night and day stat-wise. If you put some context to the stats, yes, Perrine's been very, very good. Can I come in quick with some stats, Lou? Is that cool? Go can ahead. You, Make sure you listen to the photo on the screen. So, just so you we're aware here, so Perrine has played eight games to Chesney's 16, yeah. okay? And That's- those eight games are as follows. Sassuolo, Sampdoria, Spezia, Fiorentina, Spezia again, or uh, SC, I'm assuming is uh, Spezia, but AMB, I don't know who the hell that is, to be honest with you. Ellis Verona, Spezia. Like, he, I don't know. He hasn't played a strong team. I'm trying to he figure out against who PSG, did he not? Monza. Yeah, that was Monza that they have listed as AMB for whatever reason. So Monza. Two each he's got, I'm is that really his fault? I'm sorry, that was Salernitana. So he's got two games against uh, Spezia, one against Salernitana. And uh, that's it. Who's the toughest match he's faced in there? Probably Sassuolo? Fiorentina's not terrible. They're not okay. Crazy. But wow. we're... Okay, well, that's what I mean. Play him against what, what? Like play him against the top team. I know, but what I'm saying is, it's a little difficult to just really form a basis. I on agree. Some stat agree. numbers when you know he kind of hasn't played uh, the big ones there. And if you're looking also, at percentage wise, statistically, eight matches played for Perrin, sixteen for Chesney, four clean sheets, so fifty percent clean sheet ratio. Out of those opponents, by the way, for uh, <laughs> for Perrin. 16 matches played for Chesney, 10 clean sheets. Slightly higher clean sheet percentage there. You've got 87%, which I think is amongst the highest in Syria for Pedin. So 87% save percentage, 73 for Chesney. Goals conceded. Four goals conceded uh, total for Pedin. 13 for uh, Chesney. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's probably pretty damn ugly when you factor in that one blowout and then uh, the draw against uh, Atalanta mm-hmm. that grossly That's inflates his right number, there. but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, guys. Like, I just, the, my thing is, fans, they get so lost in like the goalkeepers have errors in them. Yes, Tech has made some bad errors. You can't really defend some of the errors that he's made. But overall, when you put the stats in there, 10 clean sheets in 16 starts is really, really good. Yes. Okay. But let's say Perrin starts some of those games. Does it mean any goal? We're conceding any goals? The defense was good. So it wouldn't have mattered who's playing in, in net. Well, you could say the same thing for Tech versus Perrin. It, the defense was. You well, know, I'm just saying. Right. No, because. But, but how many chances in some of those games, like, you know, I don't know, like Hellas Verona? We watched the Hellas Verona game. They created nothing. So you could just be like, well, if you put Tech in there, that's another clean sheet. 
it's just a very like kind of washed argument. What I will say about Perinda, what I do like about him versus Tech, Tech is he's a little bit quiet, he's a little bit more stoic, and he's, he's not really slow. like Perin does offer some leadership. I mean, he moves like a robot, man. Yesterday, where he was talking about, you know, like in this moment, you need men, and you know, men, you know, will win you games. I think Perin is very good at that. But we also act like Perrin is going to like improve over the next three or four years. He's 30 years old. Like he might be a good stopgap for a younger guy, yeah. but like he's 30 years old. Like the, the time to invest in Perrin was when we signed him the first time around, you know, like that. Well, time yeah, but then Buffon the came back is, and that was a disaster. Ultimately, that's, ultimately if we want to pit in to, to uh, be the heir to Buffon, he could have been because he was cheap. And yeah. there's there's a reason big clubs well, like what's the reason big clubs no big clubs have gone for pity why because he doesn't play so what are they basing it off of but he was starting he was starting all but his he, when he was young he was a starter man yeah I was starting when for Genoa went and got pity he was starting goalkeeper yeah, what I'm saying is we're talking about like like tech <laughs> people watch tech like it's nothing he played for Arsenal he's an international right he was great at the World Cup. You know, he was like, unreal at the World Cup. Yeah, he's a good player, right? If if Perrin is good enough to bench a player like Tech, somebody would come knock a big club, especially in Italy, where the big clubs in the bigger scheme suck compared to the rest of the European clubs. I mean, we can't even touch most of the European clubs. Yeah. You know, Milan with Spurs, fine, but none of those clubs are coming knocking. And, and I like Perrin. I think that if Tech leaves in the summer and they sign a young guy, there's a very good chance, you know, hey, you use Perrin for a year and then you bring the young guy afterwards, kind of like Roma did with Allison and Tech the first time. Yeah. Fine. But I like, like Perrin. I really, really do. And like I said, I don't see a problem with our goalie situation whatsoever. In fact, I think it's a luxury that we have two guys that can mm -hmm. be number one. But I don't think it's as far tipping a scale between the two guys. Like, I think it's just, it comes down to moments. I think... Juve missed a moment where Penin probably could have been the guy and could have led, but they went back to Tech, and it's been a back and forth. It is what it is. Penin hasn't played in those big games, and maybe he should have got a shot. I do believe he should have gotten a shot, but it is what it is. Is that ultimately what is setting this team back, though? No. Exactly. No. Like, and, I don't think... and Allegri, Allegri made it clear that Tech is number one and Perin is number two. I but mean, no, he's... outside of that, like, let's take that out of the equation. I'm asking you guys, like, is that what's holding this team back? If all of a sudden we put Pedini, he was a starter. Are we all of a sudden, like, just lighting the lamp and mm -hmm. dominating? I don't think so. I don't think it's that no, much. No, no, that's, mm -hmm. that's not the case. Like, yeah. No. So it was, it was for a portion of last season. I mean, Tech was horrible in the yeah. first half of yeah. last season. Actually cost us games. That would have cost us, yeah, saved us a few points for sure. Yeah, at the start of last yeah. and fair. To be fair, Tech Get does start off seasons fair. pretty slow. That's fair. Yeah. My, I will say this. Probably if you had to pick between the two of them, and again, this is something that sticks in our minds, but again, when you look at the, the reels, you're talking about half the amount of games. So... We can think about some howlers that Tech let in and some ones you want to expect. You expect your starting goalie to stop, and he hasn't stopped them. But again, you're looking at a keeper that's played half the amount of games. And when you go down that list of teams, 
it's not really it's not really pushing the envelope for like okay yeah it's really a personal thing i yeah. personally prefer green yeah. i'm not you know angry the same way that when i see paredes in the lineup and always oh, this guy started yeah. it's just okay yeah. fine it's thick yeah I personally, I have no issues with either one of them, to be honest. Pitting, I do like Pitting. One yeah. thing I do like about Pitting that I don't think we get as much with Chesney is how many times Pitting can become that sweeper uh, based on how much more agile and quicker he is, right? But I don't think this is uh, this intense as, a, uh, as an argument like we see on social media. Storm the Barn questions, I see them coming in. Um, keep them coming, everybody. We will get to a Storm the Barn session and I want to ask you guys, uh, we're going to talk about something I saw on social media yesterday. And this was in terms of Juve. We talked about it a bit yesterday with uh, Omar there on goal, goals conceded. And we'll keep this in tune with uh, the goalie talk since we're talking about goals conceded. When Juve concedes, they don't win, essentially. I think we've won like a couple games, like three, four maybe. The thing is, this statement was made on social media and I couldn't disagree anymore with something I've heard, but it said Juve does not win when we open up and that's in the numbers. So we're going to leave that statement out there as that Juve does not win when we open up. And I want to get your thoughts on that. And is it uh, playing to a narrative that is kind of false? Uh, I don't even know what it means, so go first. I'll be flat I, out. I hate it. I hate it because yeah. it's somebody painting a picture that Juve has to play in a defensive shell or we yeah. lose, and that's yeah. nonsense. That's absolutely nonsense. And the reason is is because we, in fact, barely ever open up, and we're still conceding those goals. Yeah. So that is, in turn, trying to play to this narrative that Juve has only conceded these goals because they open up. Bullshit nonsense yeah. so but, to say juve doesn't win when we open up that's hilarious when i read that that's garbage it's absolute garbage juve problem is we can't go through the gears so when we do concede it's like okay it looks like we're going in for a tie bullshit bullshit find the next gear go out and get another goal it comes down to the same problem juve can't go through the gears. They can't crank it up when they need to and go find a goal. They can't sit back when they need to and do so with balance that isn't just wave after wave of the opposition. It, it's a ridiculous comment, and I laugh when I hear things like that. Lou? It's like some things you see on social media where it's like, oh, it's it's still versus this style. Wrong. Who gives her, like you know? Like, you're breaking. Opens Sorry, in. man. You're I don't up. know what the hell that means. Sorry, I uh, I deal with some internet issues. Just moved into a new apartment, and I'm personal hotspot. So apologies. This like yeah. argument where it's like it's like uh like beautiful football versus <laughs> defensive football versus tactical football, whatever. Just dumb. The whole thing is just dumb. But. But I will say, Berto, you were spot on where it's like Juventus met when they concede a goal. Just has to go and get another one. That, you know, that confidence, that drive to just like, hey, we can go get another one. You saw in the Nance game, 
after we conceded, Allegri did everything that you possibly could as a coach. He threw on how many attacking players, and they could not. You know, they couldn't even put passes together to get a chance on goal. Just that's what I mean. Like Bremer jumping into Locatelli, it just it, they don't have that. But this open play thing, yeah. I don't even know what it means. Yeah, yeah. Lucci, Omar. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty dumb. Just because we can't score more than you know one, the odd time we'll score two goals a game. It has nothing to do with our our setup. You know, it has everything to do without with sorry, like Vlaovic not making a proper pass or you know something breaking down in the final third. Yes, we need work in the final third for sure because we should be scoring more goals with some of the talent we have. But that has nothing to do with us opening up or not opening up. We just we can't we can't score. I can't believe how many don't uh, actually understand what open up uh, means. It means basically go all out yes. and attack. So yes. that's why I find it so hilarious, right? But Yeah, it's, it's a very random stat that fades into a certain narrative. It's like me posting that 25% of the teams Paredes plays in gets point deduction. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just random to fit into my narrative, but it doesn't actually point to anything. It, yes. it points to Juve having a mentality issue after conceding. That I would agree. Yeah. And we, we fail to pick up our game after we concede. Yeah, that's a good stat. <laughs> I think the truth has come out. You've been holding, yeah, holding yeah, back yeah. on us with that stat. Right. Waiting for the right moment. Yeah. I mean, in 23 games, we have 36 goals for. That's that's not enough. No, no that's terrible. Just, yeah, that's terrible. when you're looking at the other team's goal differential, it's not good enough. And that's nothing to do with opening up or not opening up. It's not being able to score more than one damn goal a game. It Yesterday just goes was, to show you that the narrative is just, it, it's unbelievable. It's all about the agenda. Try to push anything to suit their narrative, right? But at, at, at the end of the day, again, it's, it's no different than talking about goalies and starting goal. It's, it's personal preference and how you think the game should be played, what we should be doing more of. For me, this team does not score enough goals, but it also struggles in creation. And you can't say, Oh, because we don't win when we concede because the numbers are bad that, yeah, we, we have to only play in one manner. No way. No way. No way. Now, Spezia. Spezia is a team that was pretty depleted in terms of injuries. We talked about the makeshift back line and everything. But we played a lineup that wasn't necessarily set up to really impose our will. Would you guys agree with that? That wasn't a lineup to really impose our will yep. and go out and get yeah. like four goals. They they yeah. took a game with that front two that didn't pay off because of Dean's form. And he said a couple of weeks ago about Vlavic needs like four or five games to get going like in a row. I think that's why he went with that two up top. It ended up being the wrong decision. Um, but I feel like that took a lot of wind because once Di Maria came in, the nice thing about like player like Di Maria, we saw it during the streak with Moretti. They almost become like a fourth midfielder when they play as that um, player in behind the striker. So it gives them a little bit more in the midfield. And they didn't have that last night. And they just couldn't – there was nothing they could impose on that team. Also, Quadrado was just not very good yesterday. So one flank is taken out. Been so. saying that for years, but no one wanted to listen. 
Man, I was trying to find no. um I wanted no, to look problem. up some certain stats because not that I don't trust you, Lucci, but then all of a sudden this man, have you guys heard about this movie that's coming out? Cocaine Bear. Yeah. Oh yeah. I based I on was true pumping, events. Yeah, I was pumping that movie up. Like it should win the Oscars. I if it doesn't, what? I mean the film industry. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, yes, who's the playing the bear? Charlie Sheen? What are we doing? Jesus, <laughs> cocaine bear. Take it easy. All right. Anyways, so what was um, your point, Al? What are you What are you getting at here? Moise Keen. We want to talk about oh, goals okay. and all oh, this. And uh, I was going to pull up stats again to look at it. I definitely got sidetracked by cocaine bear. Not what I was expecting. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Moise Keen, and uh, just this kind of we we got the news post, so I'm gonna let Lou kind of segue into this and the whole Moise Keen thing and his performances and everything because he is one that still Juventini are just choked about and still say we are gonna end up because uh, we have the obligation to purchase him this season and it's gonna be somewhere around the 38 mil mark, um, guys. Lou, kick us off on this one. There's a lot of fans that are still choked and say it's yes, way that, too much money and he's garbage. So, yeah. So the the, the keen thing started um, over the weekend, I think on Saturday, where it was um, either Friday or Saturday, where there was a story from Calcio Marcano um, discussing the Moist Keen relaunch, whereas he's hired new agents and he's looking to kind of like refresh his career, um, whether that's at Juventus with Max Allegri or somewhere else. Um, and then there was a stat after the game that he now has seven goals in all competitions, which ties his mark for his entirety of his uh, big debut coming out season in 18-19, which is his best season in Serie A. And is only second to his season at PSG where he had 18 goals in all competitions. It was a starter for most of that season, to be fair. Um, is, uh, the redemption kind of sucks a little bit. Like, I think that there one but cheaper. But I, if this was last year, I would have been like, ah, oh, like Keen, like you should sound like get rid of him. I think he's kind of useful. Some of these games where he's had to come in and stop gap, you know, the, the brace against Lazio was huge. Um, he scored a, mm-hmm. the winner against Hellas Verona. He had an important goal yesterday, whether it was cle- cleanly hit or not. You yeah. know, I, I think he's kind of a useful player. The problem is, is, and it, with the assumption that Vlaovic stays and Milik is redeemed, odd man out. Like he doesn't get a ton of playing time. So, I'm, you know, but I, I think fans they're a little bit too hard on Keen. They remember the Keen from last year and the Everton Keen. There's a good player in there when his head's right, and I really think this year for the first time his head seems kind of right. You know, like he just seems different than the past years. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you need depth, though. Like, if you're going to play on three fronts or even two, you need to have options because you know one of them is going to get hurt at some point. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we have we have very little wingers, so you need someone at least. You know, I know he's not really a winger. He's more of a – we don't really know what his best position is, but you need options. We don't know about Di Maria. How many wingers can we realistically bring in this, this summer? So, at this point, for the 35, 38 mil, whatever they agreed on, I think you, you have to do it. You, you you just can't afford to do anything else. I will yeah. say this. When you see Keane struggle, it's in the two-striker setup. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. struggles in a two-striker setup, unless that other striker is Milik. But even when you think back to his first stint with us, when he came in and all of a sudden was hot and stuff, single striker, man. Yeah. Single yeah. striker. Yeah. 
he cannot partner up with a guy that plays very similarly. But if you give him that creating thing around and his numbers are good this season, I mean, they're, they're not lying. I mean, we could talk about uh, the strength of opponent there, but he does have uh, some goals against some uh, important goals like Lou highlighted. And uh, yeah, I don't know this season. He's doing a good job. I, I think we can work with that. If it's, my personal opinion, I'm happy Vlaovic, Milik, and Keen, and I would move on with those three. Like, I would redeem Milik. Uh, I'm fine with uh, Keen. Sure, the price tag a little hefty, but man, he's still so young. Like, people forget that, and it's like he's yeah, like he's still so young. I have no problems with Keen. The struggles in play on hold up and stuff like that. Again. It was different in just a few sequences yesterday, even when all of a sudden we started launching balls uh, beyond Spezia's backline and Vlaovic and Keen were running onto it. It's a whole different game, man. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different game for those guys. That's more of what we need to see out of them. But again, it's putting everything together. So the service that they get more often than not is just us trying to play it up to them and expect them just to hold possession against like three or four opponents right mm -hmm. um but again i i don't actually see a problem with these guys i think yeah, yeah. the other problem with keen is that when he was brought in when he was brought back he was the ronaldo replacement and it was just like fans expectations like this guy's gonna fulfill that gap it should never have happened you know it's just right. like that was never going to happen right um, I, I don't think it was a ronaldo replacement it just was the market at the time after panic the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, Ronaldo left two days to the end of the season, and that's what we managed to come up with. But it was yeah. like it was sold like almost like in the papers. You know how like the rumors go, and then fans like they get mad at the club because they didn't actually replace Ronaldo, so they blame the guy that's like starting matches. It's you know how that goes. To be fair, the keen, we praise Milik a lot on this show. I think a lot of fans have kind of like yep. apologized for being cruel to Milik. They have the same amount of goals in all competitions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll play devil advocates here a bit. Uh, not that I have a problem with Keen, and I I'm really holding out for him because he is a youth product, and I really want to see him succeed in a Juve shirt. It's just he have games. Let's talk in FIFA terms. It feels like some games you have like an 88 card of a striker, and sometimes it's just a 70 striker who can control a ball. It's weekend so, league tax, man. Fucking yeah. FIFA. Yeah. Fucking FIFA. Yeah. But that's kind of how I feel with him sometimes. Like, uh, I get disappointed because I know he can do better. I've seen him do better. And sometimes you just look at it and the, the trampoline in his leg. Like, no way. <laughs> that's, that's how a top-tier player stops a ball that's coming toward him. But sometimes it's just he's great. He's phenomenal. And I do give him... The benefit of the doubt and some more time he is young uh, but i still want to see more consistency from him when he plays yeah that's fair and that's fair that's fair. i mean the numbers yeah. it's funny because when you start looking at the numbers okay you start uh, seeing that he's right there with a guy that everybody praises millick and keen's not that far off but the thing is is that it's all about what's here uh, and that recency binds because people think back to the, oh man, 
you take a shot, you get a rebound, and you watch it go out for a corner kick rather than play it right back to Kostic quick, who then has Chiesa right in front of goal, right? They stick those things that stick to the minds. And you know what? Shit, mistakes happen whenever. But again, when you start dialing back the layers, fuck, he's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and again, his numbers are right there with Milik. If you're going to praise one, how on earth do you not praise the other? Their numbers are the same. Essentially, he's doing just as good a job as Milik. But, so, that, but that's the question that we could also ask about uh, Perrin and Szczesny. I mean, it, are the numbers everything or do you really need to watch the game and see the way they operate true, to make a final true. judgment? There you go. Still, Milik feels a bit more, you know, let's call it baked. Like he's been in the oven long enough and Keane still needs time. And it's fine. It's 22. I'm not but saying it's different. a bad thing. I see them as completely different, though. Yeah. That's, yeah. Thing. that's why I don't put it back to the goalkeeper thing. I love you trying to push this thing with Anthony. I'm going to stick it to him. <laughs> oh, always, or the petty thing. <laughs> it's different because the struggles that Keane has in his game, Milik actually does well in those areas, right? That's why they complement each other and better. And that's than why Vlaovic. the two of them actually yeah. do work when you're going to play the two of them together as opposed to Vlaovic and Keane. So uh, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough thing. But Keane, I think he gets a tough go from many Juventini, um, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for him. Storm the Barn. You guys ready? Let's take yeah. on Storm the Barn. Let's see what we got. Is there any Everybody, questions today? Get your questions in here now. <laughs> and uh, let's get um, those likes up on the video. Come on. Luigi, Come on. I'm sure if there's Pogba uh... – Questions people complain about on Twitter. Me included. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if there's Pogba questions, people will complain about us talking about Pogba on Twitter. Oh, you want me to pull Pogba. out his stats from this <laughs> Yes. yes <laughs> how does a guy, how does a guy, okay, you got witch doctors around you and you can't get healthy right now. Come on, man. Come on. And so what Not happens even if Fajoli isn't healthy this week for Nantes? We have no midfield. I'm, I'm available. Gonna sacrifice a goat if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I saw that comment, Ed. You, Don't worry. I'll you have you a game tonight. Okay. You have to pick Donnarumma or Perin. Who are you picking? Clue. Donnarumma. I saw him yes, do it at the Euro. Yeah, Donnarumma. Yeah. For me, it's Donnarumma. No question. Omar, fight the fight, man. <laughs> no, I, I mean. <laughs> I've said it yesterday. He mentioned that we have no hair. I said we have more brain. So that's a stupid question. <laughs> sorry. sorry, Luca. I mean, come on. So true. Donnarumma or Perrine? What are you talking about? Luca's getting hammered. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Uh, Omar, you kill me, man. You kill me. I love you, Luca. I mean, but that question. Take a seat, Luca. Uh Guys, who are you pegging for our starting <laughs> midfielders next season? Um, who will be? Well, I'm um, assuming Pogba's not going to be healthy by then. So, do you know what I'd like? Can I? Ju- I'm just going to share because I think it's very hard to tell. Obviously, we don't know what where the dust going to settle by in the season. What I would like: four, two, three, one. Yep. Your pivots are Rovella and Loca, and Fajoli's your attacking one. I like it. Let's get I, after it. That's I what I would that. like. You know? Yep. I agree yeah. with that. Like the, that? No argument like for the, me. 
the question is, are we with the guys we have now or the possible arrival for, for of the someone? sake of being different? For, for the yeah. sake of being different, Locatelli, Fajoli, Merlecki. Just that's that's what you need. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Omar, I'm you want to throw one I'm in actually, there? Yeah, I'm actually liking what you suggested. I mean, because yeah. there's a good place yeah. there for uh, if some, one of the guys come back from his loan and Miretti, when he comes back, has a good chance in that midfield. Even Pogba, if he's ever healthy. <laughs> yes, Omar. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if you have, well, like, yeah, if you, I don't know, if Pogba's healthy, he's got to play. Luca's yeah, so upset. I love it. I love it when Pogba, we upset Luca. Pogba, it's very easy to do, everybody. Very Pogba, easy to the do. Old boy. Pogba, feels like, Pogba feels like one of those MLS players who, like, played at Juventus for 30 years and then comes back to, like, train in the offseason mm-hmm. and then, like, go back. <laughs> That's what it feels like with Pogba. He just like randomly shows up every month, and it's like, oh yeah, I mean, none Pogba's of us, there. none of us named Pogba because I just I didn't because he's just whatever. But I yeah, mean, Pogba, like, Pogba or Fajoli in that attack in advanced role in the three man mid, sure. Yeah, Pogba yeah. put Pogba in there. Put Pogba in there. Let's get to our next one. This is from Anthony. Would you consider playing four three three with Rugani and Bremer as CBs to start against Nats? You know what? I've already said it. Yes. I said before we were going to move to a 4-3-3, I couldn't find a back line I was comfortable with. But you know what? Fuck it. Make it happen. If that's the way you got to get the Trident in, you need three midfielders on this team. I would be okay with Rugani playing back there. But we've seen this movie before. Oh, (laughs) that's Champions League. This is Europa League. It's different. It's it's, it's crucial games. (laughs) We saw it last year. Rugani plays really well against some smaller teams. You throw them into a big match, and they get destroyed. No. Rugani's been very good this year. I don't want to. I don't want to crap. He on was good too. last year too. He was good. Yeah, last I mean, year too. But it's just there's games that he shouldn't be in, and that is one of them. But, you but does been... it do more? Does it do more for the group as a whole? And this is where I challenge a four-three-three because I personally think the three-five-two setup does more for us overall. Depends who's available, though, I think. So it's not about the four at the back or anything like that. For me, the most balance we've had for quite some time comes out of the 3-5-2. I think you have to work out of that if you're Juve. The shitty thing about it is that you have to break up Di Maria and Chiesa. But Di Maria is also not fit for full 90s. So it actually Neither will of them in are. turn work out. Yeah, I, I think the, your answer to this is based on what we have seen this season. I mean, remembering Rugani versus Ajax is one thing, but when you watch how Bonucci played this season and how Quadrado is playing, it's kind of the, your default. You have nothing to go for except that. Those were our best performers so far this season, considering I mean... everything we've seen. I mean, I would consider a back four with those two and then Danilo on the left and MDS on the right. Keeps Quadrado out, keeps Sandro away from left back because we know he can't play there anymore. It's a stable back. Like, it's not a very, like, you have. Uh, like what, the other thing I go it back transitions to is to a back three. The, the other back, thing I go back to back, is we don't back have three. the fullbacks. Well, that's yeah, what I mean. The back, the back three 
I, I'm with Bertrand on this. The back three is it suits us more. It's just, it doesn't suit our ta- our attackers more though. It, no, is, but, it suits our back line. Yeah, and our back line arguably the strongest part of our team right now. Do we want to get rid of that? We just I mean, talked about how much if you go to a four three three, I see our yeah. fullbacks completely dead in the water. The three five two at least allows us some flank play too, right? Our biggest issue is not having a general in the center of the park that can pull yeah. the strings and get these guys higher up. Well, the so fact that we need our true. forwards dropping so far back to be one of those creatives is what's killing us. We need that general in the middle. Unfortunately, the guy that's supposed to be doing that can't get fit. But 3-5-2 for me is the way to go this year, boys. I just... I don't know. I hate it, but you're probably I right. do. I do too, but we can't bank on anyone to stay fit long enough to sustain a different formation. Yeah, you you can't you can't bank on somebody staying around enough that we could change a formation. Yeah. Yeah, I can't bank on Chiesa always available playing left wing or Di Maria or our midfield, yeah. and like we're most stacked at center backs. And Probably. to be honest, with, with experience, to be honest, we saw it in a game already when we deployed them. If you go with it and it doesn't work, you're putting a lot on the younger guys coming in to get them over that finish line. And that was a draw situation. It, mm. I don't mind keeping a little firepower, especially like Chiesa or Di Maria coming off against tired legs. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not, yeah. it's not a problem. And I would have liked to see in the 4-3-3 more, but after everything we've seen this season, I don't think we can sustain it because we don't look like a team who has been training together. We don't work as a unit on the field. So trying a new formation now when we know that the formation we're playing with isn't even that good is like, you know, asking to be beaten by other yeah. teams. Yeah. So we got the four, three, three. We got some more store in the barns. Let's get to some more here. Uh, nah, nah, nah. This is amazing. <laughs> Aldo, are we going to see Allegri play Tech and Perin together? Hey, two goalies better than one. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Nobody can beat us then. More points deducted. Anthony coming in for Lou. Start Panucci or Rugani in oh, the back four. Dear God. So let's say back four, you have to start one. Who do you put next to Bremer? Rugani. I'm going to pick Bonucci. Too slow. Too slow. Way too fragile. This isn't a question for you, Lucci. It says Lou. Wow. I think that uh, Primer (laughs) could use... uh, I'd still go with Bonucci. (laughs) I think I'd go Rugani right now, man. I I think that Bonucci would bring some experience that they kind of need. I think they bring that. Uh, we saw that experience against Milan when Bri- uh, Diaz walked around him like a pylon. So that's that's my yeah 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 my I mean, uh, just... explanation for that. That was a really really bad look. Yeah. Oh, it is bad. that was that far fetched that Rugani is better as a CB at twenty eight than he was at twenty four? No, no, that's that's kind of normal experience. Yeah, so Bonucci is way yeah. past his prime. Again, yeah, no both kidding. those players, though, 
are like third or fourth best at best. Like Rugani's <laughs> a fifth string starter. Like, well, it, he's playing over Gotti. So what does that tell you? Let's. We should go down the list of opponents Rugani's played against. Sh- show me them. Because it's it's literally it's like the Perrin Tech argument again. You it's want like, the uh, opponents Daniel Daniele Rugani has faced? Yeah. Okay. So he has faced uh Sampadoria. He There's has faced uh, games. Maccabi Haifa in the two nil loss. Horrific in that game. He has faced uh yeah, Empoli in the four nil victory. He has faced Udinese, he has faced Monza, and he has faced uh Sa- no Spezia. Obviously okay, yesterday. so right, right there, Monza, horrific. We lost that game. We lost. Maccabi no, this Apia. was the uh, Copitalia victory. Oh, okay. Well, there we you go, win. Lou. Yeah, it was Gatti in the yeah. first Monza game. Gatti uh, was in the first game. Ooh. Lou's, Lou's argument down the toilet. Team. Actually, I don't even know the guy. They, Gatti's not score, ready. Gatti's not ready, man. They could see two goals to a team you didn't hear of until the group stages of this year. And it's, well, you can't blame one person, one player for that. No, but Rugani's not a big game player. Like he just he belongs against Sampdoria and Monza. I mean, not not yet. I mean, not yet. It's different with defenders. When you lose two nothing to Maccabi Haifa, that's more than just one player's fault. That's a whole damn team that sucks. I would play uh, Rugani. I think we leave it at that. Lou is just wrong, as per usual. I yeah. don't know if he's just wrong. It's preferencing, but uh... it's no loser without an Al Lucci. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So as we're having fun, sharing some laughs here, now all of a sudden uh, I'm not laughing and I'm terrified. Are we getting nervous about Jeez. this Sandro renewal as he keeps racking up game after game uh, after game? Yes. No. Hell yeah. Yep. No. Yep. I think they made it very clear that these guys are out. I mean, that's the only reports we've seen for a long time. Since the beginning of the season, it's always Cuadrado, Rabio, Paredes. Yeah, maybe a renewal for Rabio, but these guys are not staying and they're 100% leaving. I'm even willing to put a bet that Sandro is not getting renewed. Although I wouldn't uh, be surprised if it has like an automatic renewal that we didn't know about that gets triggered by the end of the season. Is that obligation I mean, we, real? The journalist that you interviewed, Berto? Well, that's the thing. Is okay. like we heard about this automatic renewal. We heard the fact that like it's stipulated on appearances, but you also continue to hear that he's done at Juve and they've made it clear with him. He's come out and said in an interview that you know, the renewal is up to the club and he's heard nothing coming back that way, right? So it, uh, it is what it is, right? I mean, I personally am going to stick to... Now, the interesting thing is when I asked Mirko Di Natale, I said, hey, is this thing legit? Is there, in fact, an automatic renewal? And he said, yes. <laughs> he said, yes, it, it is real. There is an automatic renewal clause. But he could not verify... This is where it gets... He could not verify what in fact the stipulations were, what the criteria was, right? But he said there is an automatic renewal there. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty scared. Yeah. I'm just happy um, Quadrado's leaving though. Because then if that's the situation, Yuve has to do the same thing they ha- had to end up doing with Ramsey there, which is they would end up having to um 
find some type of severance and whatnot and breakthrough, which absolutely sucks. Absolutely sucks. But again, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But the Sandro thing, Jesus, man, it does have to come to an end. Uh, Send Sandro to a female colony. We'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. I I even think if it gets renewed, it gets sold too. Who's going to want to pay for them when they could get them for free? Sampdoria. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna find a deal there. No, Chesney might have a deal. Might might have a deal on uh, next season, maybe. But Tech again, McKinney, going in last year, Tech McKenney, Zakaria. If he doesn't get bought by Chelsea, those are like your three best options to make some cash. Those were yeah. actually good. But then you have there. Arthur coming back, and you're gonna be yeah, stuck yeah. Where's yeah. where's where Arthur in everyone's projected lineups for next year? Jesus, <laughs> he's in the reserves. No. He's in a smoke shop right now, sitting down next to a bong. Like who knows what the hell this guy's doing? Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that was an interesting storm the barn session. <laughs> Tackled a lot, <laughs> and I hate to leave on a note of talking about a Sandro automatic renewal. So what I'm going to do right now is open yeah, it up it. before we say goodbye to everybody on the panel. Do any of you have a question that you want to ask uh, the panel that maybe we didn't tackle today? So do any of you have any questions that oh. maybe we didn't get to? Omar? Yeah, the, we didn't do too much news today, if any. But uh, Ricky Massara is now rumored to, you know, have sort of a breakout with Milan and he might be our general director or sporting director next season. What do you think of that? I mean, eh. a sporting director in general would be amazing. Yeah. And stop promoting yeah, scouts. Yeah. Fair enough. That would be, uh, well, to answer Omar's question, I do like Ricky Massara. I think that he gets, uh, he gets blamed for a little bit of their their woes this year, but I don't think that was all on him. I, They've made some questionable signings, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, but signings are a gamble. Fair. My, fair my, my storm of arm question would be, and this kind of goes to Omar's question, you guys could pick a sporting director. Who would it be? Um, for me, I, I think Connor Volley from Sassuolo would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connor Volley, yeah. That'd that be a good one. depends on, on the club. I mean, you know how what I thought about Campos would have been one for sure. I would have loved, Um, but yeah, I think kind of Valley's in there for sure. Probably one. I don't think it's a sporting director talk. I mean, all the guys we're mentioning are known for uh, buying youngsters on the cheap, which is fine because that's what the Juve board said they're aiming at: promoting Mm -hmm. youth and not buying stars. The question is who the manager will be because if you are bringing Masara to uh, make a younger team and buy players on the chip, then Allegri is not the right guy to also true take that team what? forward. So it kind of come, it kind of goes together. If you bring in a sporting director that specializes in youngsters, you need a manager who specializes in youngsters too. Yeah. Whether you're pro Allegri or anti Allegri, whatever, one thing's for certain in sports: when you hire a new director, they almost always sack the coach. I mean, you're hearing yep. about. Ten Hag with Manchester United's new owners, like he's under fire now. Like it just, that's just kind of what happens. Like new managers come in and they want their guy. Like that's, yeah. Uh, so realistically, even if a new sporting director came in and kept Max, it would mean that he got like appointed in August. Like you know, like that's that's the only way I think that he would stay beyond this year is if I think the kicker that 
is in there is the fact that there are technically two, and we don't know if they're actually interim running as the kind of managers right now for the management team. We don't know if they're going to be sticking around longer because these are the guys right now that are feeding us that Max is, you know, the guy like we, we like Max, we're in sync with Max and stuff like that. But again, things can change yeah. in a hurry. What we you, just got to say. Start with a sporting director, get a management team. Let's see. But I, I got a think, quick question. I think it's all boys. pretty interim here, other than the board of directors, which I think is locked in now. But man, there's a lot of interesting, interesting stuff floating around Juve. But uh, we'll get to. Oh, we got a couple more dropping in here. Mike, of course, of course, he's in. He's in the lineup already, man. Big crushing uh, weekend league. What's what's Just going tell on? Him here? to what get healthy already. Here? Does Luca have an automatic renewal in AJC? I never want to do this, uh, you know, live on air or whatnot. But no, there's definitely no automatic renewal there. So uh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, he, yeah. We're gonna put it up to project. vote on the live chat uh, one day. And uh, I'm sorry to have you find out like this, Luca. But your fate kind of lies in uh, the audience here. So see, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. If you could change one in. thing in Juve's history other than Calchipol, what it would it be? More fucking finals wins. Those were <laughs> brutal. Brutal. Easily would Simple take answer. those wins. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like what to you guys? one thing you could change. I'd like to erase Cardiff from my memory forever. Yeah. Yeah, I I would go back and stop that uh, Morota leaving for Paratici. Ooh. Oh yeah, you know what else? I would, uh, I would like to, would like to. In the second leg, because I really think that team was peaking at the right time. They could have made a run. They were right there, but just clear the damn ball, Evra. God damn it, <sighs> Evra, uh, Uncle Pat, Uncle Pat, gotta clear that, that fucking ball, man. Jesus, that guy. Every time that I see guy... him. That's the first thing Why? that comes to my head is just clear that goddamn ball. One of my favorites. That, that guy. Over that. Yeah, he likes Juve more than most of the players that played in the club for seven years. I mean, it's really hard to hate him. It's mainly yeah. that thing, that specific clearance, and that's about it. What else can you say about him that is not good for Juve? I mean, afterwards just, he had yes. some horrible stuff, but yeah. Juve, can we highlight that last comment? Burna leaving? That's a good one. It's my boy. Oh. He would have helped this year. Don't even argue against it. See, that that's Lucci for you. I mean, he's trashing Pogba and Dybala, but... Uh, At least Burna would have been available. <laughs> At least he would have been available. That's all. Uh, Best availability is availability, as Anthony likes to say. Uh, what does availability matter when the quality is that of my four-year-old daughter? Come on, let's no, go. Man. Virgil, one last, one last, one last, one last note. If I could go back in time, I'd reverse signing Rabio. Now we can, oh, <laughs> dude. I literally. <laughs> well, that ties into Paratici and Morota. So we have this thing about our show that. Things just kind of always happen and appear at these crazy times when we have certain guests on and everything. And Lou, you know, life has kind of made it hard for him to make a lot of these shows. We're pumped he's here today. And sure as shit, Romeo Agresti's got a post like right now that Rabio has a meeting set tomorrow, apparently willing to accept <laughs> a lower wage. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, so no. Grassy says there's a meeting tomorrow where apparently they could the terms could be agreed upon for what he is paid now and he might actually accept. Jeez, Blue, how do you feel? R.I.P. Lou. And anyways, no. yeah, I just fucked with you. I just wanted to see the reaction, and uh, oh. yeah, there's no news on Rabio, but we have to have fun with uh, Sweet uh, Lucifer over here. So was toxic. I think I think cool. it only happens if Allegri cool. stays anyway. That was cruel. That was cruel. <laughs> the crazy horse, Il Pazzo Cavallo. No, no, no. We're just bugging you. We're just having fun. Uh, but Lou, you are dangerously close to owing Jeremiah a jersey here. I think Rabio only needs two goals, man. What are you talking about? I don't remember that. Not only that, you should film yourself buying it so we can upload it to Twitter. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 totally. I'll keep yeah, with a yeah. face of Look shame. Chat. I, I should apologize to everyone in the chat, too. They were just losing their mind. <laughs> <laughs> you had me no. right there because I have, I have Twitter, like the, the news account on the side here, just in case anything comes up like while we're doing the show and I instantly went to that tab and was like, let me find this real quick. Oh man. <laughs> that's so no, no. Al, Al, that's sure. dangerous. Cause someone might quote you and said, yeah, the AG through the AGC, Rabio is working on a contract. I said, I'm joking. Get more I said I'm joking. It's all uh, you know, how, good. you know how it works. So I know how it works. Anyways, you guys, great show. Lou, Lucci, Omar, absolute pleasure. We uh, made the most of a show. At what is out of what was a very you know boring game i must say but uh hey we all know what's coming up the big one thursday against nance we have to get the job done in france okay i'm gonna keep you posted with the daily update videos on thursday we're gonna go live same time 8 30 a.m eastern time and we're gonna get hyped up for that one and hopefully the guys come out with a strong showing and get the job done we absolutely have to i'm gonna leave here by going around the horn and seeing how we feel going into that one. And just a simple yes or no, does Juve get through Nance? Lucci? Yes. 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 Omar? They better. <laughs> Lou? Yes. I'm saying hell fucking yeah. We're getting through, okay? We're Watch getting lose through. now. They will get the job yeah, done, yeah. all right? Was, Everybody. Yeses there. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, thanks again, live chat. You guys are amazing, all right? Please drop a like and on your way out, drop something in the comment section, okay? Much appreciated. Subscribe, and we will talk to you soon, all right? As always, fino alla fine, forza Juve. Ciao tutti. Mm -hmm.